Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. And it's Wednesday, and uh, pretty happy Wednesday, actually. Uh, We're coming off a win and uh, hopefully heading into another one. I'm here with Jim Johnson. Hello, everybody. And Louis Argoni. Hey, doll fans. Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah, it's Christmas Eve Eve, right? Christmas Eve Eve. Christmas Eve Eve. So we'll talk a little more about the holidays as we close the show. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, why not? You're screwing up with my water. <laughs> Lewis, we, we've got uh, to travel out to Las Vegas, uh, and it's not for a vacation. We're, we're going to be playing the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Lewis, how's our defense going to look against their offense? Well, our defenses look good against everybody, so there's no reason to believe that this week is going to be any different. You know, we held our own against Kansas City, and we gave up some big plays there. That's the best offense in football. Uh, the Raiders are not comparable to that team. So I think we'll hold up pretty doggone well against them. Um, obviously, there's a little bit of um, you know an interesting twist in the game this week because we don't know which quarterback we're going to be facing. Now, who's your preference? Suppo- well, I mean, I, I would prefer Mariota, to be honest with you, because I don't think he's, he's as good a, a passer as Carr. Now, Carr practiced fully today, so I'm assuming he's going to play, but I'll be honest with you, I think we're going to see both of them because with those groin pulls, all it takes is a little tweak and he's done for the game. So they're going to have to prepare for both, which is interesting. Uh, Mariota is like having a second running back back there. I mean, he's that good. I mean, we talk about uh, Kyle Murray and his elusiveness and all that, and uh, Josh Allen is a very good runner. But when you watch Mariota run the football, he is like having a second running back back there. I mean, he's just that good. I mean, he's like having another running back. So he brings a different element to the game. Um, To answer your question, Mike, I mean, again, you know, I'd, I'd probably prefer Mariota because he's not the passer that Derek Carr is, but um, they can both cause you problems. Carr has done a really good job at not throwing interceptions this year. His his touchdown, the interception ratio 
is uh, three to one, basically. A little bit better than that, actually. He's thrown 24 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Um, he's been sacked 20 times, so he does tend to hold on to the football at times a little bit too long. Uh, Mariota won't do that. He'll take off and he'll run with the football yeah, as soon very, as he does Very different anything. quarterbacks, very different. Absolutely. So, you know, again, there's an interesting twist to that. Um, as far as their running back, you know, Jacobs is very, very good. He's got over 900 yards rushing, but what I found interesting when I was looking at them is he's only averaging 3.7 yards a carry, and that has a lot to do with a decimated offensive line. Our, our boy Incognito is on injured reserve. I don't think he's coming back this year. They've had injuries across that offensive line all year long. It's having a major effect on how, how well that offense has been playing. You know, he's fumbled the ball a couple times, Jacobs. And again, you know, he's had, he's got 10 touchdowns, so he does get into the end zone. But his average is really, really low for a guy that of his caliber, you know, the, right. the type of running back that he is. Um, his backup Booker is very good. He averages close to five yards a carry. He's got three touchdowns. So uh, they do have some running backs that can give you some trouble. You throw Mariota in the mix there and, you know, you're – You've got to focus on their running game first. Um, you know, their receivers, Waller, everything goes through him, much like in Kansas City with, uh, with Kelsey. Uh, 93 catches. The guy has been targeted 130 times through wow. 14 games. Can you believe that? Wow. I mean, that is a ton of targets. So You have receivers that aren't targeted that much. Yeah, that's a big number for sure. Uh-huh. Oh, it, it's it's a crazy number. You know, he, he's got 93 receptions on those 130 targets, so they're hitting on the majority of them. Now, he's their guy. I mean, he's close to 1,000 yards. He's got eight touchdowns. He averages over 10 yards a catch. And, and their offense, really, their passing game goes through him more so than the receivers. Um, we're going to have to just throw coverage at him. I mean, Kelsey beat us plain and simple but when you when you look at the Raider receivers you got Aguilar who came over from Philadelphia who's actually been their best receiver this year you've got Renfro who's a slot guy and you got uh, uh, Ruggs who's their who's their rookie receiver who's actually very good as well but they don't compare to the guys that we had to face over in Kansas City so in regard to Tyreek Hill and, you know, guys like that, they're not up to that caliber. I mean, Aguilar isn't even close. So, you know, our cornerbacks should be able to handle them. And I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against having a guy, one of our corners, X-Man or Jones, covering Waller the whole game man-to-man. I, I totally wouldn't be against that. And and maybe, you know, just throwing uh, some of our other D-backs against their receivers, including our nickel guy, if he's out there. Um, I think that Waller is that good a football player to where if we throw X-Man on him, I think it'd be a great strategy for us. Now, whether our defensive coordinator even considers that or thinks about it, uh, I have no idea, but that's the way I would approach it because he's their best football player in regard to their passing game. So you put our best guy on their best guy, and you know I think you shut them down, and I think you know the other guys can handle their receiving core, especially if it, if Mariota's in the game quarterbacking for us. So with that being said, um, you know the, our our 
defense against the run has been extremely good of late. I think they've done an outstanding job. I mean, would you guys be in agreement with that for the most part? For the most the, part, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think they've been very, very solid of late, and I don't think they're going to do anything different this week. I think that with the injuries to their offensive line on the Raiders' side of the football, I think that our guys will match up extremely well against them across the line of scrimmage. Um, in the red zone, these guys throw to the tight ends. They don't throw to the running backs a lot. The Raiders love to throw to the tight ends. I mean, that's a Gruden football team. Um, they've got two other guys on their roster, Jason Witten being one of them. Uh, he hasn't really been productive at all. He doesn't play an awful lot. But in the red zone, they throw the ball to their tight ends. Not only Waller, but they've got a guy named Moreau and Witten. And between the three of them, they have – 12 touchdowns. Uh-huh. That's about half of what they have in regard to receiving touchdowns. So they throw a lot to the tight end, something that if, in fact, they do get in the red zone, and let's hope they don't, <laughs> they will throw to the tight end. So obviously, I know they've been studying you know, the film on this team, and um, I think that as long as we're, you know, we, we understand that, I think we'll do pretty well against this football team as far as our defense matching up against their offense. They have some issues on that offensive line, and that, that's their main problem right now. No question about it. Jim, how, how does the other side of the ball look? You know, this is another one of those games where you got to kind of be careful with it because, you know, we, we said similar things about Denver, and uh, that didn't go so well. But when you look at the, the defensive rating for the, for the Raiders, especially the last few games, it hasn't been good. They're near the bottom in like all the categories, uh, 26th or 7th, I think, overall. But uh, they're allowing teams to run the ball. They're allowing 300-plus uh, yards passing to most every quarterback. So it should be a good opportunity for Tua to maybe – try to stretch the field a little bit if, uh, you know, we get some more receivers out there. Uh, I think we should be able to be successful uh, in that short passing game the same way we were against the Patriots. Those intermediate passes have been, uh, you know, the Raiders' downfall. And, uh, you know, this should be a good game if we can get Parker or Gazeki back out there and even maybe uh, Jakeem Grant. Uh, I think we should be able to be successful with that passing game. And you add the fact that we're coming off a 250-yard job against the Patriots, who are normally fairly solid. You know, the Raiders are susceptible to the run, so those, those RPOs should work very well against this Raider defense. They're, uh, Starting middle linebacker was just put on the COVID reserve list. Uh, Nick Kwiatkowski uh, is on that COVID list. So the next man up is Raekwon McMillan. That should be a Who? yeah. Raekwon <laughs> should be a familiar that name. name before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was he was a guy I liked on the the Dolphins defense last year. Uh, he's a great run stuffer, but he's uh, a liability everywhere else, pretty much. But he's liable to be playing with a little fire out there going against the Dolphins. Uh, so that'll be an interesting thing to, to see how that plays out. But, you know, if, and this is another big if, uh, we've got some guys that, that are practicing limited uh, 
availability this week uh, in Jaquim Grant and uh, Mike Gazeki and and Devonte Parker. Uh, they were game time decisions last week, so I would think if things are going well, we're going to get at least one or two of those guys back. I mean, Kazeki's shoulder looked like he was out for the season, uh, and he's already back, uh, you know, and is a game time call. So if those guys are are back in the lineup, we should uh, we should have a lot more success uh, than we have recently against other teams. But Hey, you know, that game plan that we used against the Patriots could uh, could be another thing. We're going to force feed to that, that you know, the Raider defensive line. So that's hard to stop if you can, you know, dominate a line and, and just run over a team. So uh, I like the way this matches up. My question is, we've got to stop the Raiders' explosive, you know, point scoring on offense. So... I like our chances in this one. Uh, I don't think I'm. I, I have a big concern as far as what the Raiders' defense is going to do to us. They're they're somewhat banged up. Clellan Farrell is out. He's uh, well. He's questionable. He was a fourth overall pick last year. You know, and he played with uh, Christian Wilkins. So in college. So you know, they're banged up. Of course, everybody is this time of year. But uh, I really like our chances in the whole playbook and uh, this should give Gailey some opportunities to to open it up a little bit I think. If that's the route they decide to go I tend to think they'll be a little more conservative because that's the way they've been playing. Yeah well that's what I'm saying you know when I mentioned it earlier you know they may just keep continuing to feed the football to the running backs be it uh, you know Ahmed or Gaskins if running he's back. Running backs at tight ends and, right you know well, an occasional pass to you know Parker if he's out there yeah. or Grant if he's out there. Exactly. But, you know, if Vegas, uh, you know, car comes out and they, they get some points on the board, then uh, well, we may yeah, have to you, open it up. Then a little you may bit. have to abandon your, uh, you know, yeah. game plan and then, you know, be more aggressive. There you go. Predictions, fellas. Lou, who do you like? <laughs> I like the Miami Dolphins, of course. Can't go against them this week. No, not nope. Christmas week. No way. Well, Mike, I. I it wouldn't make any difference. I mean, right now, these team teams are going in two completely different directions. Um, the yeah, Raiders they lost are, four or five. Yeah, the Raiders are reeling. Um, they, they have issues all over the place. Their defense is just, you know, they, they've got a ton of injuries, as, as Jim mentioned. So, um, you know, I think, I think this is going to be a two-touchdown uh, win for us. I think we're going to win 28, maybe even more. I, I say 28-10. I don't think this game's going to be close. Uh, the Raiders have had some issues uh, going against decent defenses. Um, Cleveland shut them down pretty good. That was a bad weather game. Atlanta, they had a lot of problems scoring points against them as well. Our defense, you know, we have to give them credit. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, they've done it week in and week out. They've been pretty consistent. I don't see them doing anything different this week. So I, I say 28-10. Well, I agree with Lou here. I think it's going to be uh, kind of one-sided in our favor, and I. But I think there's going to be a few more points scored. I'm going to say 34 to 17. Uh huh. That means two is going to be throwing. Well, you know, we scored uh, 22 points against the Patriots, and we and we hardly did anything but run the ball. So right. I think I think we are going to pound the ball on the ground. But I think we are going to open it up a little bit and, uh, you know, try to try to 
get Tua some more confidence with some little longer throws. And I, you know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure we are going to have a couple of them that that may go big. May not be touchdowns, but that you know, you might see a 50 yarder for that that was from a broken tackle. It might only be a 15 yard pass, but I I think you're going to see a couple. Uh, of, maybe they'll bring in Hack to throw deep. Well, that could be. It could be. <laughs> I, pro- I wish they'd get guys to line up correctly or report in. Oh when, man, when they're doing trick plays. Well, I mean, Roberts said he did report. Yeah, and he was saying it looked like that's exactly what he was telling the coaches on the sideline when they mm-hmm. panned over to him that you know he was like, "I did report." You know, I don't know what right. they're talking about, but you know, that could have been a mistake on the refs' part. Yeah. So who knows? You know, we're playing the Patriots, so you know that kind of shit happens all the time. Yeah, Anytime you play that damn team, there's some kind of weird stuff going on. Uh, so you, you think? You know, yeah, absolutely. The, the refs are always in the, you know, in the. Uh, <laughs> In the in the pockets of the uh, New England Patriots uh, coaching staff or whatever the hell you want, well, you know, they, Kraft's they always, a pretty generous guy. So yeah, exactly. God only knows what you know what goes on, but it it always seems to go the Patriots' way, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did report and they said he didn't. You know, so they had so to what, give him a fighting chance, right? There you go. Yep. So what's your pick, Mike? Well, that's a good question. You know, I really haven't given it a lot of thought, and I probably should have. But yeah, uh, well, you're on off the top of my head. I I would say that I think the Dolphins have a little bit of momentum going. I, I do think they will win the game. I think it'll be a little closer, maybe than you guys do. I'm thinking something like twenty one seventeen, twenty four seventeen, something in that neighborhood. Close one, huh? Well, I, closer than you guys think, anyway. There you go. Uh, yeah, but we'll see, you know, and it it can roll pretty quick if you get it going. So hopefully they'll uh, score early and take some momentum and uh, uh, run away with it. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that offensive line, they do what they did last week and push people around, and I think they're capable of doing it again this week. Um, I, I don't know what the situation is with Flowers, but they didn't miss a beat last week without him, and then we had another injury across the offensive he line. He was limited in practice today, Flowers. Yep. I think, I think, I mean, personally, I think that if guys are on the bubble, they very well may not, they they may not see the field this week because I think they're truly going to try and go up to Buffalo and obviously try and win that game. Be full strength. Yeah. Yep. I I think that if, if that in fact is the case, it may be the smarter thing to do. Yeah. That makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as practice today, I have it where Gaskin uh, is back and, and practiced. Uh, he's off the COVID list. Okay. Um, Gasicki was limited in practice. Grant practiced in full. Parker practiced in full. Wow. Great. Flowers was limited and Kinley did not practice. Oh, that's not good. No. Yeah. We probably right. won't see Kinley if that's in fact the case. Probably not. Uh, probably not. But we will see Parker and Grant. Yep. Um, if they practice fully today, that means they're good to go. So uh, that's a positive, right? Well, we there. hope. You know, if they didn't, yep. if they don't regress any uh, tomorrow, mm-hmm. you yep. know, very good. That's good news, Mike. Didn't didn't know that. Very happy to hear that. I do want to ask a favor of those listening. Uh, we would appreciate it very much if you guys could uh, uh, go to Apple Podcasts and, and comment on the show, rate the show, hopefully five stars, and uh, make sure you're following the show. That would help us out greatly and be a nice Christmas gift to the three of us. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Five stars, huh? Well, yeah. Okay. 
Three for me and one for each of you guys. Ah, I see how you are, Mike. It's okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So, and you know I'm kidding. Do we? Yeah, you do. <laughs> Jim? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth on this one. All right, screw you guys. <laughs> All right, there you go, Mike. All right, what do you got? What else we got? Uh, what on the I table? got? I want to talk a little bit about Xavier Howard. Um, okay. There was a report yesterday that came out that said, you know. Xavier feels he's a little light in the wallet compared to all the quarterbacks uh, making more money than him. And uh, I did some research because, you know me, I don't like to pay anybody any more than I have to because they're working with a salary cap. And uh, Howard this year, okay, is allowing a quarterback rating against him of 51.8. For his career, he's allowing a 67. Now, I want to read you the QBRs of the top cornerbacks in the league based on pay. Jalen Ramsey is the top paid cornerback. His QBR against is 75-4. Marion Humphrey for the Ravens is 92.1. Hmm. Tredavious White for the Bills is 93.5. Hmm. Darius Slay for the Eagles is 120.1. Byron Jones, you all know Byron, his is 107.1. Howard, I told you, is 51.8. James Bradbury for the Giants is 74.4. Patrick Peterson for the Cardinals is 99.3. Trey Waynes for the Bengals is 109.9. Kyle Fuller for the Bears is 77.6. And lastly, Marcus Peters for the Ravens is 95.9. So when you compare Howard's production... Not even including the interceptions, which obviously is factored into QBR somewhat. He has a case. His contract looks like this. His contract was fully guaranteed for $27,185,000. Jalen Ramsey is guaranteed $71,200,000. Pretty big difference there. Mm-hmm. Byron Jones makes more money than he does. Uh, you know, he makes an extra million dollars a season plus uh, a million and a half, plus uh, he's guaranteed a lot more money. I, I really do believe that that with the way Howard is playing, he definitely has a case. I mean, I could throw some more numbers at you. It's really not necessary. The QBR really speaks volumes about his, his uh, career production and his production this year. Well, uh, when he signed the contract, I thought it was – a good deal for the team in itself, because you know how this, you know how the NFL goes. I mean, it just, everything escalates year to year. Yep. Um, So they, they did sign him to a, uh, a fair contract at that time. Exactly. A fair contract. Actually, you know, it it was good on their part more so than it was on his part. Even when he signed it, I felt it was a good deal for the team in itself. Now, with all that being said and everything you just threw out, Mike, first of all, you know, let me just address this in regard to the numbers. And, uh-huh. and I, you know, listen, I, I know they, they come up with these numbers and, you know, they have a formula for it. But Jones's rating of what was it a, over 100? I mean, seven. Yep. Right. I haven't seen anything to where it, it's that bad. And I'm sure the other the other cornerbacks that you mentioned in the league. I don't understand how they get to that number either. But with that being said, Xavier's half of what every anybody else is in regard to that, the majority of them, I should say. Yep. There's a couple of guys that had a rating yeah, of what, around 70s. 75 yeah. in the yep. 70s. So he's not even close. So 
Uh, yeah, he absolutely deserves uh, to be his contract to be renegotiated for sure. I mean, he's got a legitimate point there. And the Dolphins, if they were smart, they would do just that. And I understand where he's coming from. These guys, they're one injury away. So, you know what? Pay the guy. It's that simple. Uh, he's the best cornerback in football. I've said that for, uh, what, the last month, Mike, at least on a few occasions. I think he's the best in the business right now. So I do too. I'm sure Jim agrees with that as well. So with all that being said, you know, I I feel they should renegotiate. They should renegotiate right now, as a matter of fact. I mean, when you look across the field and you've got a guy that's making a million more than you a year and he's not playing to the level that you're playing at, I mean, that that's, you know, that, that, that burns you. It really does, if you think about it. I mean, it would aggravate me if I was on the same team I'd be like, listen, I'm a team player, but this guy's making a million more a year than I am. And I'm playing twice as well as he is. I'm twice the player that he is. So he's he's definitely he's getting a lot more guaranteed money. Absolutely. And that matters that guaranteed money is where it's at. Yes. Because if if he suffers a career ending injury tomorrow, that's all he's got. Whatever money was guaranteed to him, he doesn't get another penny. He's busting his ass. He deserves it. Right. So, you know, that to me, that's important. And he's he's got a legitimate gripe. If you compare the contract figures and if you compare production figures, he's he's I don't see how the team can refuse him. I really don't. Now, I normally take the position, well, you signed a contract, deal with it. But in this case, with the level of his play, it's not just been this year. He's been consistently good when he's healthy and he's been healthy most of the time. So you know, this is a guy that I think he, he's shown the will to work. He's shown the will to be a team player. And uh, he's certainly shown to be probably the best player on the team. I would give him whatever he needs. The only Pro Bowl player, Mike. Yep, that too. I was going to say, we're talking about the best player on the team. And we're talking about one of the most important positions on a football team is cornerback. And the value of a shutdown corner Tough to find him. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about trading him, you know, last year and all that, when he was having the knee injuries and all. That's that's fine. But even if you get your first, your, your two first-round draft picks that people have mentioned, you're still not going to have another cornerback to replace him. You know, these guys, you know, those elite corners are they're hard to find. And even if somebody has the talent, they don't apply themselves or they don't buy in or they're a prima donna and they, they bounce around. Um, the scheme isn't right for them or they yeah, don't like the way they're being used yeah, or there's you know, all this different other things. nonsense. And this is a guy, like I said, who has been a team player. So yep. I think you yep. reward that when he's performing at that kind of level. Yeah, you definitely want to try to keep him in the fold. Uh, obviously, they don't want to break the bank, but hey – you want to keep the guy on the team doing what he does best, and that's picking off passes and shutting down receivers. How many more years do we have him, Mike? Is he signed through next year? Oh, yeah. Is, oh, yeah. He is signed through – he's a free agent in 25. 25, right. So, yeah. I mean, they, they pretty much have to – I mean, listen, you could look at it from the team's point of view to where, listen, we didn't get – that value out of you last year. You missed uh, two-thirds right. of the season, right? right. So yeah. you're kind of making up for that this year. I mean, they can take that approach if they want. But if they were smart as a football team and as an organization, 
This guy is the most important part of your defense. And Jim mentioned it a little bit earlier. You have a shutdown, a cornerback. You can do a lot of things with the rest of the defense. You take him out of the mix, and I guarantee you this defense isn't even close to what the, to where they've been playing up to this point. Well, you, you, have, you, saw, you saw when the season opened what happened when Byron Jones was out. Now imagine what would happen if X was out. Absolutely. It's the same thing, only only worse. Exactly. It, it's, a, it's a worse situation. So with, with all that being said, he is probably the most important part of that defense. And I mean the defense as a whole. It's not just taking one guy off the field. It's changing your whole philosophy on defense because you don't have that one guy on the field. So he's got to get paid. And as I mentioned, they'd be smart to just renegotiate right now and just get it out of out of his mind, out of, you know, just just not make it an issue. Just do it, get it over with, and move on from it. And that way you can approach next year understanding that, listen, you've got this money tied up in him, and this is where we got to go from there. Don't, you know, don't dilly-dally with it. Just get it over with right here and now. Make the guy happy. So Flores came out today and basically said, look, we're not forcing the ball down the field. We are trying to protect the football. Um, So he's perfectly happy with the way Tua has been playing because he's only given up two interceptions and uh, he's not taking a lot of unnecessary risks. How do you guys feel about that? You know, I everybody wants to see, uh, you know, that 50-yard bomb. uh, I do. Yeah, everybody does. I mean, who doesn't love to see that? Uh, you know, we're still looking for Dan Marino's replacement, and I, I think that's part it's not of coming, our, is it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not coming, and I think that's part of our issue because we remember so many of those passes to Clayton and Duper and Fryer and all those guys, and you just got to keep that in fond memories and let Tua do what Tua does. Uh, in Alabama, he had speed demon receivers, and they were open all the time, so he just hucked it up. That's fantastic. This is the NFL, and, and Parker's been out, and Gazeki went out. We lost Williams. He hasn't had a whole lot of deep threats, and those deep threats aren't getting open. So I'm perfectly fine with, you know, the six-yard, seven-yard passes, you know, if we're picking up positive yardage. You think the coach is right? Well, I, you do what works. You watch that game against the Patriots, and it was it was kind of you know humdrum as far as the passing game goes. But we didn't need to throw the ball, so uh, just continue to do what works. And uh, that's why I mentioned earlier. I think you will see a few more uh, you know field stretchers against Vegas because I think there'll be more opportunities. But I don't think I don't think you need to shoot for that until you need to. I have no problem with a ball control offense, which is basically what that was last week. But uh-huh. you do have to stretch the field once in a while to keep the defense honest, because otherwise they're just going to crowd up on you and they're going to make everything you're doing twice as difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at a guy like Herbert over in San Diego and you're seeing him just airing the ball all over the place. And you're seeing Baker Mayfield and what he's doing in Cleveland right now, and some of these other guys. And you look at it and you're like, man, you know, we we I'd love to see some of that. You know, it's it's fun to watch. You know, it was fun as Jim mentioned with Marino uh, airing it out all over the place. Um, so we're winning football games not having to do that, and and that's fine and dandy. I mean, we don't need 
that type of football player right now because the coaching staff has got game plans week in and week out that are winning us football games. And that's the bottom line. Now, with that being said, um, and and here it comes. Well, with that being (laughs) said, um, I can't tell you um, overly happy with the execution on the offensive side with Tua in mind because they have played conservatively. There's no question about that. My my issues are with them. They're not executing as well as I feel that they should be, even in a conservative offense. There's a lot of missed plays left on the football field, mistakes. Granted, he's a rookie, no question about it. But there's a lot of young guys in the NFL that are making plays. He has to get better in executing the offense that they're practicing every week. Because, guys, regardless of the fact, I mean, and Jim, you mentioned it. We ran the football great last week. We put 22 points up on the board for that main reason. In the passing game, it's got to get better. And we've got some guys healthy. We're playing an average defense this week, uh, less than average defense, actually, one of the worst in the NFL. So the passing game has got to get better. And he's got to execute the plays that they're putting out there for him to execute a little bit better. Other than that, you know, I don't have any problem with what Flores said in regard to what he's doing. I just want to see uh, a better, a better, more precise, you know, a, a, an offense that executes better than what they've been executing. Because I'm not overly happy with with how it's been going in regard to the passing game. And I know there's a lot of injuries and there's a lot of guys coming in and out, but. When you've got guys open and you've got a play to be made, it's got to be made more consistently than what it's being made. And that, that, that's my thoughts on that. So you're not happy with Tua is basically what you just said in a roundabout way. I, I'm, not, I'm not unhappy with him, Mike, but I'm not overly happy with him. I'm average on him. How's that? Okay. I feel averagely. <laughs> that's not even a word, but that's no, the way I feel about no, but him it right makes, now. It makes sense. I mean, look, this is a guy with seven games under his belt. He didn't have the off season. He's got a bunch of young people around him playing. So I get it. I, I don't expect more than average right now. Uh, and, and they're winning with average. So I'm okay with it. When I'm not going to be okay with it is when they start losing games because he can't make a play. But so far, he, he's made plays other than the, in the Denver game, you know, where the whole team played horribly. Uh, you know, so look, uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's getting the job done. Uh, I'd like to see him be more efficient like you would. Uh, but I think that'll come with time. I think we're rushing the process a little bit. Um, and that's just my opinion. You know, you could, you could be 100% right. This, this may be the best he ever gets. We'll see. Well, I would hope that's not the case, Mike. If that's <laughs> the case, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. yeah well, why are you even going to say that, Mike? Yeah, well, that's because you never know, right? We don't mm. know what the future brings. We can only guess. And, and we guess that he is going to improve. And, and this is not, probably not going to be an issue. Right. Exactly. I mean, the things that were his strengths uh, have not. I haven't seen that as of yet. And there could be a million different reasons for it, but he has to get better as the season. Pre- well, listen, we've got two games left. And if we keep talking about this week in and week out, he's only got three games under his belt. He's only got four games, right. five, six, and I'm seven. I'm going to keep saying uh, you know, it because like, he didn't have an off season, you know, and, and right. to me that I mean, matters. At some point, you know, he's got to play a little bit better than what he's been playing. The offense has got to move the football better as a whole. He's, he's and, five and two, Lou. I, Mike, I understand that. 
So I'm not talking about our record, and I'm not talking. <laughs> I talked about how our coaching staff has put us in positions to win football games. I'm talking specifically about him in the passing game. That's it. I'm not concerned about wins or losses. I'm saying that they have to execute uh, better than what they've been. And that's it. And I understand we're winning football games. I'm watching the same games you are, but I, I'm not overly happy with the execution. I mean, when you go into a half. Well, okay, but execution, you know, is 11 guys on the field, but you're looking at the quarterback. So what is it about his execution that you're not happy with? Missed, missed plays on the field, the decisiveness at times, uh, missing guys that are open. I mean, Parker's back this week, Mike. They have to start, they have to start connecting. I mean, before Parker went out. Okay, but um, if the coach is telling him to play conservatively, you're, you're asking him to be looking for Parker. And maybe that conflicts with what he's being told. I don't know. You're mi- you're missing my point. What I'm saying is, is when the passes are thrown Parker's way, they've been way off. They've been behind them, in front of them, high, low, wherever. When he's called upon to make passes, they have to be executed. And so I'm not like going to. You'd like to see his accuracy improve. 110 percent, absolutely. He's got to. He's got to make decisions down the field when there's a guy open. He's got to basically throw the ball in front of a guy. He may not be open at the second, but just, you know, throw the ball 10 yards ahead of him so he can get to that football, give him an opportunity to make the play. That's where my concern is right now. You know, I don't think when they are called upon to pass the football, they've been as precise as they should be, or even close to being precise. I mean, I just want to see a little bit better. uh, I I want to see more out of the passing game than what I have when they are called upon. And that's it. Other than that, if they keep winning football games, great. But, you know, when you go up to Buffalo, Mike, they gotta they gotta play a lot better um, in regard to passing the football. Well, they're not as good a team as Buffalo, so I don't know that that's going to happen. Now we'll see. Uh, they may go up to Buffalo and surprise us all, like they've done a couple of times this year. Yep, absolutely. You never know. So, you know, that's that's how I look at it, Jim. How do you feel? Well, it's it's pretty much the same. I mean, th- that passing game has been pretty much non-existent. But if, you know, if Grant catches the one that bounced off his hands and if Hollins catches that one that that bounced off his hands, the passing game improves a lot. And those couple of plays would have made a difference. You know, I I can't, like I mentioned earlier, you know, Tua in Alabama, he had those speedy receivers and they were, they seemed to be open all the time and he could just huck the ball to them and uh, they had separation. So it was an easy read and easy, an easy completion as long as it's close. With our receivers, we don't have guys that are running open a whole lot, so those those reads aren't there. Those easy throws don't materialize. Right. It takes a lot more anticipation and yes. uh, throwing them open. And, you know, he hasn't had a lot of time. The offensive line has pressured him. So, you know, I get it. You know, the coaches are telling him to, you know, don't wait for that deep ball to materialize because that's when you're taking sacks and, and bad things happen. So I get it. But like Lou mentioned, he doesn't seem to have much chemistry with Parker, and that's something that definitely needs to, to improve. But uh, And to Lou's point, he has missed some fairly even, you know, easy passes, guys that were open and, and they were off the mark. Well, now, I mean, everybody can improve, like Flores says. Every day we try to we try to be better than last week. Uh, so I think those things will come. But yeah, there's 
I would love to see an improvement in the passing game in general. And and if we get Grant and uh, Parker or Gazeki back out there, I'm I'm sure that'll help uh, Tua make some more of those passes. I agree. I I think you have to consider the surrounding cast, and I also yeah. think you have to consider the fact that the passing game takes repetitions. It just does. It's timing. Yeah. And uh, in order to master that, you've got to have time with the players that you're playing with. And he did not have that. He just basically was thrown into the fire. So, yeah. you know, and I'm not making excuses for him. There are certainly plays out there that he could have made and didn't. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I'd be the first to admit that. I, I just think we have to be a little bit more patient and, and just see how he develops over the next season, you know. And uh, if this time next year we're having the same conversations, then I think it's a bad situation. All right. Which one of you guys thinks we're making the playoffs? <laughs> uh, there was a big pause there, huh? Well, I mean, what are the experts? Where are we at now with all the, you know, the... Um... <laughs> Well, basically, well, most of the talking heads are picking we're at Baltimore. We're 44%, right? Yeah. The chance yeah. when they factor in everything, we've it's got a 30 something percent, uh, uh, high 30s or, or 41 or 44. It just depends on where you look. Yeah. Um, listen, you know, it comes down to whether Buffalo needs that last game. I mean, I think we're winning this week. I think Baltimore's winning their games, and that, that's, you know, they're, they're going to win out Baltimore yeah. with their schedule. Now, we've seen some upsets, right? Over the last yep. couple of weeks, I mean, sure have. I mean, big upsets. I mean, that game the other night with the Steelers was was a major upset. Um, well, I'm kind, I'm kind of thinking they're done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think they're toast. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. But with all that being said, I mean, I think that it it comes down to whether Buffalo needs that game and and how they approach that last game. Well, because, let's say that they need it for um, positioning, okay, right. for seating. Uh, we don't make the playoffs. I don't. I can't see us unless our offense just comes together like you know, like we haven't seen yet this season. I can't see us going up to Buffalo if Buffalo needs that game with the way they're playing. Okay, mm -hmm. they're playing. In my opinion, Buffalo's the best team in the AFC right now. They're playing at a very high level. They're playing better than Kansas City. Well, their defense is better than Kansas City. Their defense is better than Kansas City, and their offense is comparable. They're not at, they may not be as good. They may not have as many dynamic players, but Josh Allen is playing at just as high a level as Mahomes. So with all that being said, I think that we probably fall short if Buffalo needs that game. Now, if they don't, and if their coaching staff approaches that game as, listen, you know, we have nothing to gain by start throwing all our starters out there other than a guy possibly, it's a major guy's getting hurt, and they rest some players, we've got a shot to make the playoffs. There's no question about it. But um, I think if Buffalo needs that game, we're going to fall short. I just can't see our offense gotcha. doing enough up there to, to beat them. The way I look at it, like Lou said, the Buffalo game is the whole key. I, I you know, I think if we play, you know, if if we play the way we've been playing, we're going to be in it with a game against Buffalo. But our defense would have to turn Josh Allen, uh, the 2020 Josh Allen, into 2018 Josh Allen for us to be able to win that game. Because can they do that? 
Well, it it's possible realistically. I mean, if you you know, because he seems to kill us every time he plays us. He, he runs does. for he does. You know, I I agree, but I'm just saying this is the only way it's going to happen. You're going to have to get Josh Allen out of his out of his game, uh, and and you know make him throw those interceptions, make him fumble the ball. You're going to have to really. You're going to have to really earn it on defense. And oh, I thought we played them tough last time, considering Byron Jones was, you know, barely in the game. Yeah, and right. that's that's yeah. a good that's a really good point. I mean, we didn't have him in that game, and they don't have a great running game, Buffalo. They really don't. Um, it's all it, it all it's all on Josh Allen basically, and and the passing game. Um, their running game is average. Yep. Um, yeah. But. Where I see our problem is scoring enough points against to their keep up defense. With them. Yep. To to I mean, even if we even if our defense gives up 20, 21 points, in, in which I think would be a positive, and that's a great thing. If they can go up there and only give up 20, 21 points, that's great. But are we gonna be able to score more than that? And that's where my issue lies. And I These don't two know. teams match up well against each other. Yes. And uh-huh. it's really going to depend on who plays better. Yeah. I think it's as simple as that. We can compete with them. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I there's no doubt in my mind because we did when we were shorthanded. We didn't have one, you know, one of our corners in, and uh, they killed us because of that. We had a lot. Of, they had a lot of big plays yep. for that reason. Um, you know, you throw that factor in. We go up there. Uh, we can't compete with them, but they're playing at a really high level right now, guys. I mean, I know you've watched them the last few weeks. I have. They're they're playing good football. I well, mean, I think very we're playing similar. at a high level too, but in a different way. We're not as dynamic as they are. We're not as flashy as they are. But our defense is playing at a pretty high level. No now question. the question is: Do we have do we have the horsepower on defense to shut their offense down and keep it to a place where our offense can compete? And that's really the question I have going into that game. Should we go into that game, you know, needing it for the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a fascinating game. And I, th- I, I would not rule Miami out of being able to win that game because I really do think they can. Now, will they is a different question, but I, I think it's a game they can win. Uh, whereas, you know, if you told me we were going to Kansas City, I would say we ain't winning that game, you know. Uh, so I. You know, it's just a matter of how you look at it. But I, I think we can compete with Buffalo. The question is, can we play well enough to beat Buffalo? I'm, you know? All right. That's that's all I got for today, guys. Um, just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Holidays. And uh, uh, we'll be back, Lewis, what, Monday? Um, well, we play Saturday. So, um, you know, I would say, yeah, Monday, yeah, I don't know, Mike. We'll see. We'll be back at some point. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it, it's a weird schedule. We play Saturday night. Yeah. We are going to be interested in the game Sunday, so we're not going to want to do it Sunday. So I don't know. I would well, guess Monday. I don't know what your problem is. The game gets over at like midnight, <laughs> so you can record at 1 a.m. and, and yeah. Mike can have it published by Sunday afternoon. It, hey, would not, it would not be the first time we're on the phone at 1 a.m. That's, yeah, that is true, and <laughs> if I have some cocktails in me, uh, it'll be a fun, fun show. There's no question about that, especially if, if we lose. win that game. Yeah, right. That's, hey, if, Lou. If we got to win, yeah. Lou, you said if you have cocktails in you? <laughs> 
Jim, that's a whole other story Jim, we're not going to discuss. you don't know the half of it, buddy. Yeah, you may I, find out one of these days, but uh, I can, you don't know the half of it. I can fully imagine, Lou. Been there, done that. All right, guys, I appreciate you listening. Uh, thanks, and um, we'll see you when we see you. Merry Christmas, everybody, and fins up. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, doll fans. Fins up. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Sports Social Podcast Network.